I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into the nightmares. There he is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, R.J. Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. R.J. Clifford, Juan Soto, let's have some fun today. Pardon the mess in the back, moving. Final show that will be done in the Long Beach house. We'll be in studio or at the new place. So pardon the mess. You see the little guys with hard hats walking around behind me, currently under construction. A lot of stuff went down since we last talked. Tom Telesco. He's now been hired as the general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders. On Wednesday, him and Antonio Pierce did a presser on all those things. As soon as the news was announced, Soto did a video on that. Check it out if you haven't seen it for the immediate reaction. But there's been some moving parts since then. For those who didn't see the video, Soto, what was your big general takeaway from the hiring of Tom Telesco? Uh, I I just felt a lot of cohesion. Mm Mm-hmm. I felt a lot of everyone being on board. I felt a lot of, I felt the absence of nepotism. I didn't see any, I didn't get the sense of any puppet strings or anything like that. Maybe we've got like with the, like Mayock Gruden and with McDaniel Ziegler. Like I didn't get that. I got a lot of, I got a lot of confidence. I got a lot of the feeling of confidence that, that the, the each person is, is, willing to do the best that they can do for their part solely on their own. They're not looking for the validation or they're not looking for the approval of others. They're looking to do the best job they can do in their role solely for the satisfaction and for the drive of being the best at what they're doing, not to look at for anyone outside approval. Yeah. I like the hire. Obviously he was with the Colts, for a while when the Colts were, you know, cranking out some pretty good rosters. He's most recently with the Chargers. I thought the Chargers put together, I thought he drafted well. The Chargers have always had good players. They just can't coach their way out of a paper bag. Staley was so bad he ruined it for Telesco and company. So I I like I think he's got a good a lot of experience. That was the other big thing for me. The biggest thing was Antonio Pierce, new head coach, awesome. Love what he's doing. Very inexperienced. Even the biggest AP fans are like yeah. yeah, that's that's going, you know, he's going to be learning on the job, which you should be learning that in the division three college head coaching circles. Like that's where you should be learning on the job to be a head coach, not in the NFL, in the NFL. But things don't always work out perfectly that way. And that's why I love Telesco with AP. I like champ. It sounds like there's a good chance we can keep champ. He didn't. He got one. I think one GM interview. Someone just kind of kick the tires on him. He'll we'll probably keep him, which is sound like the best of all worlds. We can keep champ. He can keep developing. He can still be an asset. Tom Telesco is going to be the guy in charge, in charge of hundred percent of the personnel. And I just love, I love experience going with the passion of AP. I think AP, you know, having a rookie head coach and a rookie GM. Recipe for disaster. Yeah. Experience matters big time. Champ has like revamped our scouting department mm-hmm. how we do it who does it you know how scouts are dispersed across the country reporting all that stuff he's redone all that mm-hmm. that's all that's all champ if we, the the team of telesco as the gm the negotiating type, type of guy right the guy that gets gets the door open right mm-hmm. you have champ organizing getting the information uh, siphoning that in, in information funneling it up to the decision makers and then what's his name downs mm-hmm. the the money guy the cap guy guy you have downs as the cap guy which is one of the smartest guys i think his last name is downs as which is ironic his, he's really smart with his last name Downs. really smart yeah you're really smart let's so. see idiot is here so you put that team together and I understand some of the some of the nerves when it comes to Telesco. Mm-hmm. As good as the roster's been, the Chargers haven't been in, you know, title contention and this and that. But like you said, 
it's not just a GM that makes a team win. Like AP was saying today at the press conference, it's a full team effort from the people that work in the buildings to the people that work in food services, to the coaches, to the people that handle the coaches' families. All that stuff matters. So when you take a look at that, I am of the opinion that there is a reason why certain teams have a lot of issues with injuries. Mm-hmm. It's because, and go ahead and check, go ahead and check on the charges, how they, they, they fared from the, when, the, when the, the players voted on facilities and stuff like that. I can guarantee you their prehab, rehab facilities, their actual workout facilities themselves aren't, I mean, the playing field, yeah, great, right? But they're they're doing spring training at like in like Costa Mesa at a high school, right? Yeah, their facilities aren't top notch. Okay, that that adds to and their facilities with back when they were in San Diego were horrid. Okay, so you look take all that into account. That leads to people not being ready physically to perform in the NFL and getting hurt more often. So I wouldn't necessarily put the tag on. Oh, Telesco hires great guys, but they're always get hurt. Well. If that's more of an organizational thing because no one's saying that about Jim Harbaugh or me, John Harbaugh. No one's saying it about John Harbaugh. And he gets players hurt all the time. A lot of players. Like last year, he didn't have, he's on his like eighth string running back. He had yeah. no receivers because everyone was getting hurt. He had, the reason why he drafts so many linemen is because this defensive linemen always get hurt. So no one will say it's, so it, it's, it's, it all depends on your perspective as far as that goes. As far as drafting, Telesco has been. Far and above, if we had Telesco drafting at our position for our team over the years, we would be in a much better position than where we are now because we would have not had all those misses that Telesco's had wins. In 2021, Telesco drafted Rashawn Slater, Asante Samuel, Justin Herbert before that, Derwin James before that, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Joey Bosa, Denzel Perryman, Melvin Gordon, Jason Verrett, Keenan Allen, putting up some of his high-profile pickups. Fantastic drafter, which is why I don't understand people that don't like this. I get it. If you're like, I was super hell bent on Jim Harbaugh and he was going to be his own gym. Like, okay, I guess if I squint my eyes, I can see your point where it's like, well, if we got him, we can't get Harbaugh. Okay. Okay. But for hiring a general manager, his experience, his reputation, his results, it's his connections. The only reason he was free is because Brandon Staley sucks so bad that he made everyone around him stink. You know what I mean? Like Telesco wasn't fired because he was doing a bad job. Like, look, and he's missed, right? There's no GM that's perfect. There's no one that drafts that's perfect, right? There's no guy that's free agency perfect. The JC Jackson overpaying him, like that was giant. Jerry Tillery, like they happen, man. They, there's misses. There's there's plenty of misses, right? Well, we know, but oh, we know, right? But the hits drastically outweigh the strikes with Telesco. And he's got the experience. He's been all over the place. This is such a good hot. And on top of that, we're not alienating other people. Like, hopefully we'll keep champ. We still have our cap guy. Like, this is this is great news. This is great also, news. Also, I want to I touch on this. The Chargers didn't have the scouting department that the Raiders do. That's when round that's when day days two and three really kick in early day three right because it goes one two three then four five six seven right that's when the third day really kicks in so I was like, oh well he, he can't draft late in rounds he doesn't he doesn't have a deep team wait a second the Chargers have been deep up until maybe a couple of years ago when they went for it all when they said you know what we got we're in this window now where correctly Justin so Herbert, rightfully yeah, so Justin yeah. Herbert is is going to exit his rookie contract. We're going to have to pay him soon. Let's go for it. They went for it. It didn't work. Now they're in cap hell because guess what? Justin Herbert's making all that money. It didn't but work because Brandon for. Staley. Yeah. Not because it, the it, team, it, right? It, it's a it didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work because not because they didn't have the talent. It didn't work because the coaching and, and I'll tell you something right now. A GM can only do so much when you have those meddling kids. So he had a lot of constraints beating Telesco. Pronouns help. He had a lot of restraints that he's not going to have working here with the Raiders. 
and he's going to have a lot more resources that he didn't have working at the Chargers. You have to take a look at the positives and how this, this is what forecasting is. Forecasting is this, is taking a look at somebody's positives, taking a look at the negatives and why they were negative mm-hmm. and how your situation is going to make it better where you can take advantage of his positives and help out with the negatives. We have a much better scouting department for those late round pickups. We have a much better player personnel team to do that. We have an excellent cap person to make sure we're getting under the cap, make sure we're using our money wisely, right? And we have Telesco, who's someone who has been shown to be a good drafter, especially early in drafts. And if you're going to win, guys, there's these guys here. There's the Brock Purdy's of the world. There's the Max Crosby's of the world. And the reason why they're so revered is because of where they were picked and because it doesn't happen that often, Mm -hmm. right? More often than not, your stars come from your first three rounds. Now, you fill out your back end with the the undrafted free agent, which they did really well. I think Eckler was an undrafted free agent, right? Mm -hmm. You get all these different guys at undrafted free agents. That's great. That's great. But – the reason if you don't hit on your early round picks, it cripples you because it's guaranteed money, it's big money against the cap, and it's it's draft capital that's not being used to your advantage on the field if they can't play. Think of things like Cleveland Farrell. We owed him so or figure Alex Leatherwood. We owed him so much money, even though we traded him or we released him because he had that contract. And that's what happens when you miss on early round picks. He doesn't really miss on early round picks. He's, he does because everybody does. But by and large, he's made really smart moves and smart picks. He was asked during the uh, the presser today, we're talking Wednesday night, why did you pick the Raiders? Because make no mistake, he was highly sought. Like this was this was a get. Like people were looking to get Telesco and the Raiders landed him. And he was asked, well, why here? I, you know, I grew up as a kid. I was obviously a football fan, NFL fan, been in the league a long time. You know, it'd be a chance to be part of an organization with the L. Davis legacy. It's just, it's just like, it's so exciting to have. And then on top of that, I mean, you look at the resources that are here and the head coach that's here, I think we can win. That, that's why I want to be here. There's, there's two things I was really looking for. One was fit. I want to work with people that I like. And two, I want to win. And those two both go together that we can win and work together and really enjoy this journey. Cause it's a tough journey. I mean, it's a hard job. We all know the pressures that come with the job but we can work side by side with a smile on our face and get things done. So there was, you know, two things, find the right fit and a chance to win. And that's what they have here. So this reminds me a little bit of Mick Ziegler two seasons ago when they came on, what were we saying? Oh, you're taking over a 10 win team, a playoff team, franchise quarterback, pro bowlers. Like you need to win. Like you don't have excuses. Normally when a new head coach and GM comes in, it's a dumpster fire. You're just, you're in cap hell. You don't have your draft picks. Like they had everything all their draft capital, good, you know, there was some dead cap, but mostly in really good situation, franchise quarterback, pro bowlers, and they still screwed it up because they were so awful. This is very similar. The Raiders are eight and nine. Pro bowlers on both sides of the ball, a defense that came out of nowhere and is successful, great weapons, an O-line that overperformed. Telesco came here because he wanted to, I'm sure Mark Davis paid him off, right? Give him some of that Vegas money. Those PSLs are expensive mm-hmm. for a reason. But I think he's also like, all right, I, w- I want to go someplace where I can look good. I want to go someplace where I can be for a while and win. And that's why he chose the Raiders. No excuses. No excuses. You're not taking over, you know, some, tr- some, tra- you're not taking over the jets. You're not taking, you know I mean? you're not taking over a, a franchise that's in, that's in shambles. You're taking over a, a franchise that's heading in the right direction. And I think that's part of the overall package that was so alluring to him is there were stars on the team mm-hmm. and anything that he comes to add to the team it's a it's it's almost like it's a it, i wouldn't just even call it a lateral move going from the chargers to the raiders i think we're set up to have a much better future if we get right what he's been known to get right mm-hmm. and i think that's something we can touch on right now but i think that i think we both feel like that's why he was brought in there's also one other very big reason why I think Tom Telesco was brought in. Now he was brought in because right for the job experience track record of putting together great rosters. People enjoy working with him, right? You talk about, you know, you ask, you talk to anal- like the analysts and talking heads and people that know him all have like good things to say about, say about him. 
But is there one specific thing on why he was brought in? Is there one guy, one position, one reason specifically on why he was brought in? JT the Brick thinks so. So this is from his show. Let me get this set up. Great setup, RJ. Boom, boom, boom. JT the Brick said, clearly trading up to get a quarterback, it's going to have to be aggressive. The Raiders are going to have to give up a lot. Wink, wink. That's why I think the GM who was announced, whoever it is, is going to have a plan to go get that quarterback. That's a nice little secret I just gave you. I think it's very accurate. Whoever the GM is, is going to probably is going to be probably to prove in several interviews he has the ability to go get a quarterback in the first round. The Raiders are without the number one thing you need to win in this league. A number one franchise quarterback. Right. That is number one priority for any team that doesn't have one is to get one. He has a great track record with quarterbacks, right? Drafted Justin Herbert, giant win. He came into the Chargers when they had Phillip Rivers, but he's been around Phillip Rivers. He's been around Peyton Manning in his times in Indy. He has a really good track record of getting quarterbacks. Here is Daniel Jeremiah. He's a analyst for NFL. He's also the Chargers play-by-play guy. He was asked, what do you think of Tom Telesco? Well, you know, first of all, he's uh, he's been able to identify the most important position, which is the quarterback position. Now, he got to the Chargers. Phillip Rivers was in place. But then, you know, every year doing your homework on quarterbacks and try and find that next guy. And, you know, you kind of look where the Raiders are positioned right now. Aiden O'Connell did some nice things last year. He's going to have to decide, is this where you want to move forward here? Do you want to try and identify somebody uh, potentially in the draft or free agency? But from his time around Peyton Manning with the Colts to his time around Phillip Rivers and then Justin Herbert, he's he knows what it looks like to find, you know, that right quarterback. It looks like Aiden O'Connell is going to be a backup moving forward. I think Tom Telesco was brought in to be aggressive and make a move to get a number one quarterback. When you're coming into a team like this, what do you need to win, right? You need to have cojones. You need to have a a defense that performs at a high level. You need to have that. Mm -hmm. We have that. We've shown we can be the best defense in the league over a a long stretch of half a season. Yep. More. We've shown that we can do that. Okay, there's that. You need to have weapons offensively. We have that. We need to have be able to run the ball when we want to. We've shown we can do that. We need to have good sound special teams. We have that. Way above sound. We need to have good coaching. I believe we have that. Offensive coordinator, we'll see. But we have a lot of that stuff in place. The last piece of the puzzle is getting that quarterback. I do not mind spending what it takes to move up to get the guy. And this is what I've been trying to tell you in the past. I don't mind spending that money if you're going to go for the guy that's going to complete the puzzle. Because going for it when you have the chance to do it, when are we going to have this defense? When are you going to have these weapons? When are you going to have all these things set in place to need that one piece? When that one piece, when you're one piece away, you go get that one piece. And Tom Telesco, he has the experience, he has the connections, he has the savvy to make it happen. I don't know that Mayock and Gruden had that. I know for a fact that JMD and and Ziegler didn't have him when they tried to move up to number one. Because in in hindsight, if they wanted C.J. Stroud and we gave up two ones and two twos to get up there, I think that would have been a pretty good deal for us. Mm -hmm. You know, if we would have had C.J. Stroud in the mix without our first and second round picks last year. I mean, Mayer didn't really do too much last year. Uh, Wilson didn't do too much last year. If we and, and this next year coming up, we already have our quarterback. We have everything set in place. Devontae and 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 Jacoby Meyer, they're they're in their in their positions already. The offensive line could use some tweaking. We can figure that out. We got a running back of the future. We don't have to pay big money for a running back. We got money to spend because, you know, our quarterbacks have a rookie deal. Like, all that stuff is already set in place. If, if, if we had Telesco last year to do what we wanted to do to go up and get C.J. Stroud, I think we would have all been okay with giving up two ones and two twos. If we got Stroud, right? Like, that was, you know. That was the, the guy. One, yeah, that's the guy. I mean, the other one's not so much. So, but that's the thing, right? Like, I know you're doing backflips with this hire hearing that news because, you you know, you want to be aggressive and get that quarterback I, I, I mean, I'm, I, I want to be aggressive and get a quarterback. I'm a little less spendy with you. I still want value, right? Like I don't want to 
you know, give up like three ones and like a max or something to get exactly who we want. I, I know you don't either, but we're on 82% the same page. I'm just a little bit more of a value guy because I, I feel like the draft is much bigger of a dice roll than people give it credit for. But Telesco does have a knack of being a good drafter and most importantly, identifying quality quarterbacks. So if there is a GM where it's like, he's really, he's really tearing apart the next few drafts here to get this guy. I hope he works out. He's one of the guys where I'm like, I'll put down the pitchfork and torch and hope it pans out because he's got, he's proven he's been that guy. I don't know that we have to get to number one to get a guy that we're going to be comfortable with because seeing that AP and Jaden Daniels have a connection, I believe he will be there at three. If we want to move up one, because the Bears can then jump back in, right? The Bears can, the Bears are going to, okay, I'll give you 13 and our, our other first round pick that we have, whatever the hell it was, nine or something like that, to get to number two. Okay, that sounds great. Let's do that. We'll get to number three with Arizona. I think they'll do that. So just because the Bears move out doesn't mean they can't move back up and get a quarterback if they want to. So I, I don't know that I don't know that the Patriots are going to move out of, well, who has two? Washington, right? Yeah. So it goes uh, Bears, Washington, Pat, Patriots? Pat, Pat? No, no, I think it's, 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 is it Pats then Cardinals? Hold on. Check, draft order. Roger, checking. Chicago, Washington, New England, Arizona. So our best bet is to jump into Chicago because Chicago can then jump back in and still get a quarterback if they want one. But if they're if they're going to get Justin Fields or whatever, maybe the guy's Justin Fields. Who knows? But to jump in, our best bet is at one, and depending on what two and three do, then four. Because Chargers aren't taking a quarterback, and six is the wild card. Who knows what the hell they're going to do? But but seven has their quarterback. Eight probably would take one if they're available. Even then, though, like if Jaden Daniels is available at five, the Chargers are trading that fifth pick because someone's gonna someone's showing yeah. up with something girthy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we, and, might, and, we, we might need a top three pick to get one of the three guys we really want. Honestly, and that, that and that, that's what I'm saying is if we can't go to one, depending on what 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 two and three do. Because I'm of the opinion that, you know, Mac Jones isn't as bad as he's been showing the last few years because mm-hmm. he's had some pretty bad coaches the last couple of years. And, I mean, he was able to do well with freaking Josh McDaniels, dude. So it's like, how bad can he be? Mm-hmm. Look at what he's done to our, our quarterback. So if if the coaching staff feels confident that they can right the ship with Mac Jones, I don't necessarily feel like they're going to go with because they got a lot of needs on that team, man. A lot. And then you, I mean, I can see them going for for Marvin Harrison Jr. because they have a, a just a, a extreme lack of talent on the outside on that team. Yeah. And you know, he's used to playing the elements because it's no picnic playing in you know November, December in Ohio. That's it's a horseshoes outdoors, man. So. What I, it's not it's not a given that one, two, and three are going to go quarterback. And if that doesn't happen, there's the opportunity for us to move in there. I think a lot of people are saying, oh, well, the quarterback's going to go one, two, three. Well, that may be true, but it may not be Chicago, Washington, and New England picking one, two, three. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to do that, are we going to be even in the running to do that? Telesco is an excellent person who has connections, who has experience, who has the savvy to get up and get us into those positions. I just want, I just want a wheeler and dealer, man. Like McDaniels didn't do it. Mayock didn't do it. They were just kind of like, well, to Mayock's credit, he tried. He was really bad at it. Well, that's even worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now you're like he, showing your cards and you know, unable six, to pull it off. Six picks in the first hundred. It's terrible. And it, look, it, it, for those, and who, yeah, who, 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 for those of you who, who didn't hear my drafts, my draft coverage last year one in 10 between one and 10 those are like the elite of the elite right those are the elite of the elite prospects one numbers one two three ten eleven to like 50 it's pretty much what's your flavor yeah okay 50 to like 125 ish after 125 
you can go 126 or you can go in the seventh round. It all depends on who, what you're looking for and, and what scares teams off. Mm-hmm. So those first three rounds-ish, first of 100, 120-ish picks, those are the ones that are like looked at as like, ooh, those are coveted picks. You know, people say first 100. I think in this draft, it may be like the first 80. I don't think this draft is going to be very deep into the later rounds. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of reasons for that. There's NIL. That that's good. That and NIL is not going to affect like the top picks from going in, but it's for sure going to affect the days two and three picks from coming out, right? Yeah. And, and also, this is the last year of the COVID extension, right? So no more COVID Seventh years. Seventh year after. seniors. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to see that anymore. So, you know, I, this this draft may be a little light after pick one hundred, right? Mm-hmm. So normally, yeah. To, for Mayock to get what six picks in the top 100 or whatever in that draft and have n- get nothing for it, I don't think that's going to happen to us again. Not Better not. Telesco's got too much going for him. So that's if we go draft wise for a quarterback. There's a good chance the Raiders don't go draft for a quarterback. There's some quarterbacks out there that are going to be available. Like there, especially when you've got a defensive minded coach, and I think it's going to be like a defensive minded staff. Antonio Pierce is like, you know, he kind of jokes like, "We expected that offensive coordinator is like twenty-four points a game." Like he was—he was only half joking because he's he wasn't joking at all. As a defensive guy, you're like, "We're going to run the ball. We're going to—we're going to hold guys to you know nothing. We just, we just need to get you know twenty-four points. We'll win every game, right?" Like that. If we would have scored twenty-four points, we would—we would have what was it twelve and five or something like that? Thirteen and thirteen and four or something right? like that. We would have done great, and and that's you know. I'm exaggerating. Clearly a head coach wants to score as many points as possible. And he's going to want a great offensive coordinator and all that kind of stuff. But there's, there is that mentality too. It's like, let's just focus on the D our offense just needs to take care of the ball. There will be a lot of quarterbacks available. And one of them is very available. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN talked to one NFC executive about Russell Wilson. And as I'm saying here, Fowler saying, as we outlined previously, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Pittsburgh are among the teams on the radar, but one NFC executive sees another outlet. The Raiders need a vet, and they are one of Wilson's original teams he wanted to go to. Remember that wish list back in 2021. He'd stay in the AFC West, West Coast, and Wilson's wife, Ciara, can do a Las Vegas residency as a live performer. In fact, the Raiders are the only team from that wish list that has a quarterback need. Rookie Aiden O'Connell performed admirably, but coach Antonio Pierce will be in a win-now mode after earning the job on the basis of a 5-4. and interim stint russell wilson of the raiders makes an incredible amount of sense not in a i love it but in a trying to win now remember that contracts we don't have to pick up right you'll he's probably be less inclined to want to ask for a lot of money because he's going to be sitting on a quarter of a billion dollars (laughs) and his wife's going to be making as much as him if not more he was a top 10 quarterback last season. Like people looked at Russell Wilson as like, oh, you know, whatever. It's like he was a he was a legit top 10 quarterback. Well, it's not a superstar. He wasn't prime Russ, but he was a legit top 10 quarterback. Get him for going rate. Might be something Tom Teleska wants to do. Soto. I'd have to really think about that, man. I have to really think about that. I don't know. One of the things that AP said. It, uh, when they were talking about offensive coordinators, mm-hmm. is that not everyone can be a Raider? Yeah, we need somebody to vibe with us. I don't know what Russ would do to our locker room, but I know it wouldn't be good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they're going to want to bring that in there. I, I've just heard too many stories of the entitlement, of the kind of, kind of the the, the false, you know, emotion, false feeling. And as being fake, I don't. I don't know that's going to vibe with who we are. I know, and, and the team that we're bringing up. I don't know that us going back to the Raider way is going to be going to somebody who is obviously not genuine a, a large majority of the time. And there's there's multiple ways to look at that. You make a good point. I would also say that because of a locker room that's so good, you can take risks on guys a little bit more. Like if it's a if it's already a crappy locker room and then you throw a Russell in there, it's going to get worse. But if it's a solid locker room, you can be like, okay, this guy's because he's you're right in the sense that like he's not like it depends on the risk, man. I mean, Jack Jones was a risk because of his his issues that he had, his behavioral issues. But that's when you embrace someone like that. That's when they can 
be a strong asset to your team. When you embrace somebody that's not genuine, you can't trust them. Yeah. You know, like I don't know that he's going to be able to build that trust by who he's shown that he is, bad mouthing his former players, bad mouthing his former teammates, bad mouthing his former coaches. I don't know that he's going to be able to move past that because he hasn't shown since then by what he did his first year with Denver and by how he acted after the whole thing went down with Payton last year. I don't know that he's shown that he's even willing to change or he sees there would be a problem to change. All issues. I, I am not I'm not arguing against what you're saying. I'm saying I think with this Antonio Pierce who will not be bullied around, is a fantastic leader of men. Locker room figures like Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams. I think you can absorb a little bit of not perfect locker room juju. If it's worth the risk and because Russell Wilson's more like, like you'd be like a passive aggressive fake as opposed to just like, like an Antonio Brown, right. Or just like a huge piece of shit, right? Like there's locker room guys that are giant assholes and there's locker room guys. Like you mentioned with Russell Wilson, just kind of like passive aggressive and fake, you know, you don't really, you don't really you can't put your finger on them. You don't trust them. It's a scale that it's really hard to gauge, especially when you don't know the particulars. From what we've seen, it can be as little as fake and passive aggressive, and it can be as as severe as a sociopathic narcissist. Mm-hmm. It, we don't know for sure, but I mean, the behavior is there. We just don't know to what degree, and it doesn't seem like it didn't seem like that Denver team was, you know, all that bummed out that Russell Wilson was benched. Yeah. Even with the year he was having, and those are the issues. It, it when you have it, like we're talking, like you said, and you're right. A strong locker room can bring in someone that is maybe a character issue, but it depends on the character issue. And I don't know that not being genuine. And that's the thing is, what what did Max say about? Oh, wh- why why did it turn around? Well, because we were able to be ourselves. Well, if someone. What if someone is never himself? What if someone is always showing you a front, and it's obvious. And he's been called out for it by multiple teams and multiple coaches in multiple locations. That's the issue that I have. And that's why I, I don't think that's going to be a good fit for us. Not because of the character issue, but the type of character issue. I'm again, I'm not arguing that anything you're saying is, isn't true, but if we had Russell Wilson's production this season, we're a playoff team. That's, that's, I think, it, I think it would have been a lot. I think it, it would have, given us a good probability to, but we don't know because we don't know what his effect on the rest of the locker room would have been and not how it affected that, uh, how that would have affected the, the him with Josh McDaniels different. We're having a completely different conversation. Him with Antonio Pierce in this locker room. I'm not saying it's the way to go. I'm not saying go get Russell Wilson. We can fix him. He's not going to hurt the locker room. I'm saying when you have a locker room, this good, it gives you some flexibility to say like, okay, we'll absorb some of his weirdness. And his standoffishness, if we can keep his production, because there's nothing special about that Denver locker room, and he produced. It obviously, he obviously wasn't, you know, his personality problems didn't torpedo their passing game, right? It, it it still worked even with him being whatever. So, something to think about, something to follow. You made a really good point, though. I didn't even think about just like what's he going to do in the locker room, and that's like the the shit you might have to eat to get production. But when you're going through your quarterback options. That's on the list. It's like, all right, you want Russ? Here's his, here's his pros. Here's his cons. Locker room issues, a con you got to address. Not everyone can be a Raider, man. Now, look, I'll have to do some more digging into this, but if I remember correctly, Jim Plunkett had a little bit of an issue with teammates in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I think it was San Francisco. Because he went New England, San Francisco, then, then Oakland, right? Yep. That, that was his path. I think it was that he had a little bit of an issue with teammates and a little, you know, entitlement type of thing. I'm not sure. I don't want to disparage the man. I think that that was some of the issues that we had. So it wouldn't, it would still be like a Raider. It wouldn't be setting Raider precedent. And the people on the, the guys on the team might just go out and say, you know what, Russ, you're a freaking weirdo and we're cool with that. Just yeah. be, just be a weirdo 100% of the time. Just throw touchdowns. Yeah. Be, that, be, I mean, that'd, be more, that'd be more my thing. Like if I'm Devonte Adams, like I don't have it to all depends, you, but it, you know? it, it all depends if, 
if he's more on the sociopathic narcissist end as opposed to the passive aggressive end, he may still be putting up a front when the guys are like, dude, we, we know who you are. Just be that person and we're going to be good with you. And that's that's the issue that I have is this team started to galvanize and become one and really push forward when they were able to let the, let let their hair down and be themselves. And you act and you add someone who hasn't been themselves or accused of not being themselves and not being genuine. It's it's like a match in a in a, in a trash can of gasoline. You know, it's if things go south, I can see that adding to the fire. But if he plays for the Raiders the way he played this season. I think it's a win. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's a win, even if it's kind of weird and no one really like can get their put their finger on him. He's producing. I, I can easily see Devontae Adams being like, "I don't give a fuck what you're like. Get me the ball." And if you can do that, we're good. You know what I mean? Like I can see Devontae being that way. Yeah, because Devontae's a special freaking cat, man. He's a special dude. I don't know that a lot of people are. Well, the the team was brought together because not because of Devontae Adams, but because of everyone else coming together and, and upping their play. Devontae has been Devontae from the beginning. It's the other guys that, 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 that developed. Max has been Max from the beginning. It's the other guys that were in power, the other guys that were stepping up their game. And I think those other guys, the, the, the guys that maybe aren't as confident in their ability or confident in their production, would be the most affected by it. Yeah. Well, the biggest news this week college ranks are out one head coach and in Los Angeles, just 23 miles from where we're sitting right now, there's a new boy back in town, the chargers, according to Ian Rappaport, it's obviously been all over the place. The chargers are moving to hire Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh as their new coach in town for a second interview on Tuesday. He's not expected to leave. The, finally, the former 49ers coach is back in the NFL. Jim Harbaugh, not a Raider. He's a charger. My first reaction was, God damn it. Because like we've talked about earlier on the show, the the Chargers are great at putting out quality rosters. They're, they continually put out good players. Their coaching has just been atrocious. I texted my buddy who's a Raider fan that I work with. And I was like, I'm just most worried that he will uncharger the Chargers. The like, the like just can't get out of their own way. Always baffling things up. If there's a coach that can uncharger the Chargers, it's someone built like Jim Harbaugh. The, the difference that we're seeing here is when he took over the 49ers, they were an extremely talented, young, deep team that was severely underproducing under Mike Singletary. Mm -hmm. And he took that team over, and he kind of did what AP did with the Raiders last year. He got them all on board. He got them on the program, and he and he turned them around fairly quickly. That's not the case with this this Chargers team. They're not overly young. They're not overly deep. They did underperform. They did they underperform, underperform, but they underperformed, and they're they're on the on the tail end of going for it. Yeah, they they don't have the ability to just go all in anymore. They don't have the cap space. They don't have the draft capital. They don't have that to do that. So he's not in the same position as he was before. Though I am of a firm opinion that the only reason that Tom Telesco was fired, along with Brandon Staley, was because Spanos had it in his head that he was going to get Harbaugh right then and there. I'm going to get Harbaugh, and I'm going to give him everything he wants. And I need to have I need to, in order to, in order to have my hat in the ring, I need to have a nice empty space. Guy's been here for ten years. Okay. Thank you very much. We don't need you anymore because we've we you, you were useful while you were here and we went for it. And I'm not gonna say it was your fault or it wasn't your fault that we didn't get there, but we didn't get there. Now we gotta start over anew. And I would rather and they want to start over anew with a new head coach who had pretty much total control over everything. And you can't have that when you already have a GM. So there's there well, let's I wanna expound on that. But first, there's like micro and there's macro, right? There's the very specific, like the situation they're in, the cap situation they're in, this very specific roster. And there's kind of a more, you know, like our version of the Raider way. The Charger way is to be like really talented and then fuck it up. Just find a way to foul it up through bad coaching, bad ownership, 
bad luck injuries, whatever. That's kind of been My, migraine headaches. Just what, what, did what, I, what did Daniel Tomlinson have in the championship game? He had a migraine. He migraine. couldn't play. He had his helmet and with the visor on the entire day. Yep. They lost something, like right? Playoff. Yeah, it's and, some, always something. And Jim Harbaugh is the antithesis of that. Just a hard school, a hard, hardcore, Ooh. old school, hard ass, that type of guy that can whip a floundering team into shape. That's kind of, if I had to pick the last coach to, uh, if I had to pick the one coach to uncharger the Chargers, it would be Jim Harbaugh. He'd be like that kind of guy. So that sucks because I think in the I think he can pull that off. To your point, though, the timing's pretty bad in a lot of ways. There's talent there for sure, and they have Justin Herbert and they have talent. However, they're forty five million dollars over the cap. The Chargers currently twenty four million in dead cap, and I think it's like a hundred and eighty million of their cap space is on four players: Khalil Mack, who's going to be thirty three next season. Keenan Allen is going to be 32 next season. Joey Bosa is going to be 29 next season. And Mike Williams is going to be 29 next season. So two old guys and two getting out of their prime for why, you know, getting out of their primes guys. And you've got like half of your salary cap locked up with those four players. It's there's talent. 180 is a half, right? I think it's under 300 is the cap. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, like two thirds or something like that. Right. So they have they have some cap situations, and it's funny because I was I'm on a, I'm on a text chain with some people and our friend, you know, been on the show. Dan Helly's on it. He's like, they're gonna win right away, and everyone's gonna in the locker room's gonna hate him in 36 months. That's sometimes been his mo, right? Like he overextends his welcome, not likable guy, gets results but not likable. We might luck out. Now again, I still don't like him there. This still worries me, but we might luck out that. By the time they get out of salary cap and old player hell, you might have outstayed, you might have already outstayed his welcome, right? Like instead of coming into a good situation, hey, we're winning, we'll put up with him. It's all right, we finally got these contracts off the books. We finally got a new crop of players. And now the mutiny's already begun. We might be okay, we might be okay, Soto. We might be doom and gloom. That's honestly what the first the first thing I thought of is I looked at their cap situation and the age of their the age of their their peripheral star players and i mean although a good quarterback can can win you a lot and they're a good eraser they can't erase ink you know they can't erase father time is going to get us all and you know if not Khalil Mack had a nice year last year but it wasn't like outside of the very extremely poor and misguided game plan to deal with him against the Raiders he had a a, a, a bang up awesome year outside of that yep. you know he had a, a, a regular decent you know oh he got 10 11 sacks okay cool that's Janique Ngakwe gets that every year you know like outside of that one game that was pretty much they were just, we're just handing him sacks Joey Bosa can't stay healthy Williams can't stay healthy Ken Allen can't stay healthy offensive line can't stay healthy and, and and oh well, Telesco got all those guys, yeah. And but Telesco's not running their rehab, their prehab, their practices, their their facilities, their trainers. Like he doesn't run all that. He's rubbing know? them down in the in the sauna, but that's it. Someone someone was using Thai oil at the gym today, a lot of it. That stinks. And I'm like, so that's so now. It's I mean, it works great. And I said, whoever's using that, don't touch your face, like even after you wash your hands. It's it's gonna burn like the skin on your face is not as hard and not as like used to it as like the skin on your legs or your lower back stuff like that. And someone was using that that, that Thai oil. Oh my god, it was awful. Think of that stuff. Have you ever seen Revenge of the Nerds? That liquid heat that he had that like that the trainer made. It's like that times ten. So bad. It smells. It's like oh, it just it just smells like humidity. You know, this is like oh. Just, it just takes all the air out of you. But someone was using a lot of it today. It smells like fermented cat piss. It's awful. It's, it's bad, dude. It's bad when you use it. And then when you get like the knockoff version, it's even worse. You get a tiger oil, like the tiger oil, like the tile oil. Like, okay, that's that's mm-hmm. not as bad. You get the like fake stuff and oof. Brutal. That's like a super nasty. So they're in a tough situation cap wise. Hopefully Jim Harbaugh stays as welcome. Look at the AFC West, dude. Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh. 
all proven winners, Super Bowl champions, national champions. Antonio Pierce is the odd man out, right? The Raiders, once again, have kind of the odd man out. And I, I love him as a head coach. Glad we hired him. But he's got a proven to do. He's the, uh, he's the odd man out of those four veterans, right? They're all like over 60. How old is Sean Payton? I know Jim Harbaugh is 60. He's got to be this around the same age. He's also 60. Holy shit. Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh was born December 23rd, 1963. Champagne was born December 29th, 1963. Wow. Jim Harbaugh is just six days, six days older than Champagne. Then Andy Reid is what? In Walrus years? He's 65, right? It's a bunch of old, experienced winners. And Antonio Pierce. He's got his, his work cut out for him. And that, and that's the other part too, is right. Like what's the biggest thing AP is going to potentially struggle with early. It's that end game chess match. I have the experience type stuff. Again, love Antonio Pierce as, as our head coach. Glad we got him. What he brings to the table as far as gusto and getting the players to play their best is absolutely worth it, but he's going to be out coached in some divisional games. It's going to cost us. Just be prepared for that. It's, it's going to be, yeah. be tough, man. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's go to Thomas Reynolds, 3590. Thank you so much for being a member. We appreciate you. I'm completely fine with this hire. Talking about Telesco. Really, either Dobbs, Kelly, and Tom Telesco, I was fine with any of the three. Which is interesting because that's a wide swath of guys. Like, you're fine with any of those three. Like, you're going with, like, Champ Kelly, which, okay, like, the least experienced, never been a GM before, but he was our guy. Tom Telesco, a ton of experience but a charger and then Dobbs. Like those are three very different guys to bring in. If you're happy with all three of them. Well, I think what we were looking for is just someone who wasn't Ziegler. You know, it's like, we're so happy with AP because he's not McDaniels that like the stink is so bad that everything smells better. It's a, a very similar situation to Patrick Graham. Just because we didn't, you know, we hired so-and-so as coach doesn't mean, you know, he's gone. He stuck. He stuck around after both the both of them stuck around after McDaniel's and and Ziegler were fired because they were under contract to the Raiders. So Patrick Graham is still, you know, the defensive coordinator of the Raiders, mm-hmm. and it's getting that it's getting close to that time where if you're going to make a move, you better make a move. And I haven't heard a lot of a lot of rumblings about PG getting you know a lot of second interviews. No news is good news. On that front. Yeah. So, I mean, Kelly, same thing. He only had one interview for GM. And I think that's that's part of it, too. Mark Davis is like, look, I can keep champ without making him GM. Like, if I like him, let's just keep him as assistant. And we'll keep him. Pay pay him. Hey, you're this is how important you are to our to our, uh, you know, and if in in, as far as if you're if you're in that periphery role where you're not the GM and you're getting paid really well you're almost like in a better position to stick around longer if you're like the head of talent scouting or something like that. Yeah. Because you can be in that position. Look, look, look at Downs. Downs has, has survived, what, how many different GMs and head coaches now? Like, he's been there for quite Just some time. Just be the nerdery. Just be the, ner- yeah. the nerdery. So if you're good at what you do, and you don't have to be the head because the heads get chopped off first. So, I mean, it all depends on if he wants to be that GM, if he needs to have that title, or if he wants to make a really good living doing what he's doing and stick with the Raiders. Who knows? Derek Harris, 1848. I'm worried about our core players being traded like Max. Think about it. What did Tella say in the interview to get the job? Tella? Telesco. He's saying Telesco. Did he promise to get us in the top three in the draft? Listen, no billionaire likes to be told what to do. If we keep champ, we could guess the moves we make. Telesco doesn't have a reputation for trading away his talent. He's, he's great at building his homegrown talent. I don't know why you would think we'd trade away core players with Telesco. He doesn't have that reputation. I mean, look, he could do anything. It's a new, he hasn't been on, he hasn't been a new GM after being a GM anywhere. Right. Cause this is his first true GM job was the chargers. So who knows if he's like, I want to clean house, but he did say in the presser, he's like, look, I want, you know, I'm not, he said specifically without being asked, like I, I work with what I've got. I, I work with, you know, he's not trying, he's not, uh, not John Gruden. Who's like, I'm going to build my team. He's like, yeah, this is what I got. I'm going to make the best. Well, he also said, that you're giving me. He also said he's going to follow the the vision of the coach of the head mm-hmm. coach. He's going to get the players that fits the coach's vision and style of play. 
So it's he didn't. He, I don't know that there's necessarily guys. That, he's like these are the these are the guys you have to have. It's if this is the way you want to play, these are the guys you have to have. And I think that all the 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 good cornerstone players on our team are the guys that fit the way we want to play. Tyno Raider 16. Antonio Pierce needs to make sure he sages that office before moving in. Yeah, I would hire a priest, maybe a witch doctor. Just sacrifice a chicken in there or something. Right? Is there a volcano we can throw a virgin into? Like whatever is necessary to get the bad juju out of that like office? In the Mexican, the Mexican like houses, if you're sick or you got the evil on you, you just rub an egg on you, you know? Mm-hmm. You get to do that. Rub the egg on it. Get Terminex in there. Just like, wow, are there, are there mosquitoes? Are there, is, it, is, it, is it fleas? Is it termites? It's like, eh, no, Josh McDaniels. He's like, okay, we have a special recipe. You get that, that, that head shrinker from uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> Go in there and just start sprinkling shit everywhere. Whatever. Get every priest of every religion in there to get whatever Josh McDaniels brought in. Make sure AP doesn't get it. All right, that's it for us. Still waiting for offensive coordinator. We will let you know what happens there as that comes in. That's really the big news just for the Raiders moving forward. Head coach hired, GM hired, new safeties coach was brought in. There'll be some more offensive staff guys coming in. We'll dive into, you know, the you know the uh, the position room coaches a little bit. We don't dive into it too much, but if it's precedent, you know, there's some. It's pertinent. We'll do it. But certainly offensive coordinator, when that happens, we'll be all over it. And we'll be following that story as we go along. But until then, knock on wood if you're with me.